Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. Um, this has been something that has been on a lot of our intercessors, intercessors' heart. And for a lot of people, this is just something that's a, a word that's a refresher. For some, you're going to get this and be like, that Lord, that's what I need more of. But I want to share something with you. I shared this um, maybe last year or so, and the Lord reminded me of it. So this is, I want to share this one more time because I think it really lines up with, with some things that I want to share here. Uh, but just follow me on this for a second. On average, with the right sunlight, with the right soil, right, with everything perfect, it takes an apple tree four years to develop. Okay, stay here with me on this. It takes it four years with everything perfect, everything aligned, four years. Okay, a carrot takes 80 days. So four years, 80 days. And with that being said, what I want to release over you is the word in your identity. Be patient with what God is doing. Be patient with what God is doing. Most, right, we've heard this, if you've been in the church any length of time, they talk about the church being a microwave culture, right? Beep, 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 quick, boom, 20 minutes of worship, altar call, take your tithe, peace out, 1130, Luby's is open. We talk about this often, right, is that we want things so quickly. Uh, John Daniel said something that just is, is, is in my heart, has always been in my heart since he ministered it. But he said if somebody was to give you a prophetic word, oftentimes we would think that prophetic word should come to pass tomorrow. I got that word from God. It should come to pass tomorrow. And we start like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And we wait all week, and it's like, where's that prophetic? Where's that word that God, you know? But sometimes God is wanting us to stop and process and be patient with the identity that he's bringing up within us. Right? In the perfect sunlight, perfect soil, everything perfect. It takes an apple tree four years, whereas a carrot, 80 days. Both are producing fruit. It just looks different. Right? And in your identity, there are some things that God is wanting to do that may take some time. That's why a fruit of the Spirit is patience. Amen? We need patience. We want it quick. We want it quick. We want the breakthrough. We want it all. We don't want to contend for it anymore. Right? And this is what the church wants. The church wants the altar call. The church wants the hands laid on. The church wants breakthrough, 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 right now, right now, right now. That's one of the things we talk about when you, when you talk about deliverance ministry. Right, hurry up and cast the demons out real quick from me. Why? Well, have you been spending time with Jesus to allow him to be the deliverer of your life? Because a lot of times we want it like this. Whereas, whereas Jesus is saying, just be patient. Let me work it out in you, right? Let, 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 me, let me allow the production of what I'm wanting to do to marinate the patience of it. Jesus' ministry didn't start until he was 30 years old. Right? There's, there's men and women all throughout the Bible. Their ministries did not begin till years upon years upon years later. King David was given a word, and he was actually anointed to be king. When did his reign start, David, after he was anointed? Ten plus years. Could you imagine King David getting anointed by the prophet to be king? And he's like, God, when is it going to happen? Oh, well, I guess it's not coming to pass. Woe is me. Guess I wasn't really a king. Guess I missed it. No, he trusted God in the process, much like Joseph. Joseph had this amazing dream, shares it with his brothers that all would be bowing upon him, that he would be lifted up and be great. And then he's thrown into a pit, and then he's thrown into prison. He could have easily said, God, I'm done, I'm done, maybe I heard wrong, I'm done with it. There's trials, I'm done. 
But no, there's this patience in the presence of God. Apple trees take four years. Carrots, 80 days. So, so, so here's what I want to say, and, and don't grow weary in your identity and who God has called you to be. So just follow me. I have three scriptures, four, that I'm going to share with you. Someone came to Jesus with the question saying, Teacher, what good deed must I have to get eternal life? Jesus says there's only one who is good, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. The young ruler says, which ones? Jesus says you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. And the ruler says, well, I've done all these things. I've done all these commandments. The young man says, what else must I do? Jesus is like, okay. If you want to be perfect, and if you want to full, if, if you want to fulfill what I'm giving you and saying in this eternal life, go and sell all your possessions. Jesus says, I want you to go and give the money to the poor after you've sold it, and then your treasure will be in heaven. Then follow me. Then follow me. Okay? Now watch this. The rich young ruler says, he says, I can't do that. And when he heard this, the Bible says that he was sad. And he walked away, for he had many possessions. So, so he comes to Jesus with the excitement of eternal life. What must I do to eternally be with you in relationship with you? And he says, here's what I need you to do. Since you've done everything else, since you've kept the law, since you've done all these things, I need you to go and sell everything you have. Jesus understood that this rich young ruler's identity was tied in something else other than the call of God. So he says to him, Okay. And it, 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 go and sell everything, give that money to the poor, then your reward will be in heaven. If your mind is really eternal, then sell everything here on earth for that heaven's reward. I can't do that. I've got too many things. I can't do that. His identity was in something other than what God was calling him to be. I think there is an exposure in our life when God calls us to do something that we really want to hold on to. When we really want to hold on to something and God says, this is what I want you to give me, and we hold back, this is where we can see our identity lies in. For some, it could be so many different things in life. It could be job. It could be finances. It could, you know, it could be that one little deep thing you want to hold on to. But, but he's saying, look, I want your identity to be in what I've called you to be, that eternal identity. And this rich young ruler couldn't hack it. So, so in Matthew 10, 37, Jesus says, if you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. He says, for, he says if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life, you'll find it. Jesus, yet again, is, is pointing us into a position of identity. What is our identity? And Jesus is not saying hate your family, kick them to the curb, and don't do anything, have nothing to do with them. This is not what Jesus is saying. But he is raising a standard of if anything else is robbing you of your identity, including your family, you're not carrying your cross. Well, what does that look like? Let me bring that into practical terms. If you are allowing your family to be the God of your household, your children to be the God of your household, you're missing it. Well, what do I mean by that? And, and, and that's not for anybody here, because you're all here. But I'm just talking, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes or offend, but just hear me out on this. Your children saying, well, I don't want to go to church. 
I don't, I don't want to go do that. Oh, they don't want to go. Sorry, I guess we're not going today. Right? You're allowing the children or, or you're allowing a loved one. Why are you always going there? Why are you doing that? Why are you going to a prayer meeting? You should be doing this. You should be, right? But, but you know that God is calling you to that identity. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying neglect your family because that's our first ministry, amen? But it must be submitted to God. Does that make sense? Okay? It must be submitted to God. Men, we cannot lead our families outside of the grace of God or else we'll just try to do it ourselves and we'll become dictators. That's it. And so God is saying in this moment, Jesus is saying, your identity, if you really want to find your life, you have to lose it. But again, remember, it's conditional. If you read the scriptures, he actually says, if you want to be my disciple, if you refuse. Remember, it's conditional. Why? Because God's not going to force it on anybody. Jesus is calling you. He's hoping that you make the right choice. Because in identity, it's all about choices. It's all about choices. Our entire life is all about choices. This is a big deal on a daily basis. Is what are we choosing to partner with? If we're choosing to partner with something that's robbing us of identity and robbing us of the call of God, then this is what we will reap. We can't allow anything on the outside, whether it be job, finances, work, family, whatever it is, to rob us of the identity of who God has called us to. I have an amazing story about that. Whenever I first got saved, I uh, had a dear friend of mine, and, and we were just going after God. And, I mean, we would take our lunch breaks, and we would pray for people. And, and it was just, like, it was awesome. And, this, man, he was, this guy was, like, burning for Jesus. He, lo- like, he was like, this is crazy. My life's changed. I, you know, I'm not addicted anymore. Like, God did some radical stuff in his life. And his girlfriend, we, we were at his house. We were getting ready for a service. And um, his girlfriend called him. And rightfully so, he just, <clears throat> excuse me, he put it on speaker. And I heard his girlfriend say, again? Like, you're going to church again? And over the next few weeks, I started to notice kind of a change in his life. And I remember talking to him, and he's like, yeah. And he said her name, you know, and he's like, so-and-so doesn't really like me going to church, doesn't really like me doing this, like I've changed. And then within a matter of days, I never saw that guy again. And he left the church. And I believe the reason why is because he was getting pressured from his girlfriend to, like, what are you doing with this Jesus stuff? Like, this, you're not who you were before. We can't go party. We can't go to the club. We can't do all these other things. So he forfeited the call to please an individual. And I'm telling you, after that day, that was back in, like, 2014. I've never, I haven't seen him since. It's like he disappeared. It was crazy. He's still alive, though, you know. But, but he forfeited the call of God on his life because his girlfriend at the time didn't want him to go down that road. And so... Just like Jesus saying, if you love your father, your mother more than me, he, in this aspect and example, he loved her more than him. He loved her more than Jesus. These are things all throughout our life that we can see, am I loving this thing more than I'm loving Jesus? Even pastors can fall into that. I've talked to ministers before who had to repent and God brought them to the woodshed because they loved ministry more than they loved Jesus. They loved the pulpit and the microphone and worship leaders who loved the stage more than they loved him. It's a dangerous thing. Jesus isn't just talking about just your mom, your dad. your but Like he's talking about if, if there's anything that you're loving more than him because your identity is called to be in love with him. That's a part of your identity as a born-again believer is to be in love, to be obedient. And what do we say? The love language of Jesus is what? Obedience. All right, I'm almost done. 
Eagles play at noon, so we got to get out of here quick. No. Um, <laughs> hey, a few things before I forget, too. Saturday, we're having Jacob's graduation party here. I'm really excited for that. Um, you're all invited. We're going to come and celebrate Jacob, what he's doing. And I do want to pray for Jade and them before, before we get out of here, if that's okay. Um, do we have cake? We have cake. You know there's cake. Um, cake culture, baby. Okay. Follow me on this. I have two more scriptures to share with you. Follow me, follow me. Okay. The Bible says, don't just listen to God's word. Tell yourself that right now. Don't just listen to God's word. But you must do what it says. Okay, now this is a scripture. Follow me. But you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Okay? You want to fall into some trickery? Hear the word and don't do it. You want to fall into a, a, a trap of denying who you are. If you want to fall into a trap of missing what God's doing. If you want to fall into a trap of, of, of like, I'm lost, I don't know where I am. Listen, but don't do. This is what the word's telling us. Watch this. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. There is great identity in being a doer of the word. If you hear and you do not do, you will forget who you are in the body of Christ. You will see yourself and you will walk away and forget who you are. Church services would like to pump people and let them feel great and let them feel good with no discipleship and no accountability. So what happens is they hear what they don't do. Right? If you're at your job and you don't do anything, you're probably going to get written up. You're probably going to get something that's going to go down. You're going to, you know, you're going to be held accountable for what you didn't do at your job. Right? That's just natural. That just happens. And so in Scripture, what we hear is that if you want to fool yourself, listen and don't do. Disobedience is something that the enemy wants to blanket the body of Christ with. Why? Because it robs the body of identity. It robs you of who you are when you walk in disobedience. We want to we want to see ourselves in the mirror and, and remember who we are. Amen. Um, I thought that was just really neat. I wanted to bring that out because there's such identity and obedience. All right, here we go. This is the last thing. I'm going to tie this all up. Boom, 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 boom. Anyone who listens to my teachings and followed it follows it is wise. This is Jesus speaking. Anybody who listens to my teaching and follows. This is the exact same dynamic that we just read about. Don't just hear, but do. Amen. Don't just hear, but do, right? We will be without excuse. Don't just hear, but do. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows this is wise. There's wisdom in obedience, right? Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Now, here's what I want to bring it all to. Now, in this particular scripture, in Matthew 7, when I'm talking about a house, that's you, okay? That's you. That's not your literal house. That's not everything that's in your house, when we talk about this house, this is you, all right? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it's built on bedrock. For those who hear the word of the Lord, and are obedient, who listen to the teachings and follow it. That when the storms come, 
when the waves come, when the, when the, when the floodwaters come, right? This is from all sides, rain, waves, floodwaters. No matter what, no matter how it comes, when you are one who is a doer of the word, you'll be standing strong and standing firm. This is what the word tells us. You'll be a house that says you will not collapse because you are built on bedrock. Listen to me now. This is a big deal. Hearing the word and doing the word are very big deals in your identity in the kingdom. It's not enough to just hear, but you have to do, you have to act. Amen? So this is the other side of it. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey are foolish. And they are like a person who builds a house on sand. You see, the foundation of our Christianity, the foundation of our faith, lies in obedience to Jesus. Because we don't choose the terms of discipleship. We just agree to them. That's how cults and other religions are started, is they take pieces of the scripture and they wrap it around what they think. They create their own theology, therefore creating their own religions. So their foundations are only laid upon what they feel or what they believe. And they'll take the other stuff out. Right? You follow me on this? And we can easily do this in our life as well. Uh, I know God said not to, but God sees my heart. He sees what's going on here. Right? And we try to formulate a foundation based upon our own thoughts and our own agenda. Right? Like, let's be real here. We once mentored some leaders they were, uh, they, you know, they, they, well, let me say it like this. We have counseled believers who heavily drank alcohol, hard liquor type stuff. And they said the reason they drank, follow me on this, the reason they drank was to unwind or to relieve stress. I said, okay, I hear that. What's the Lord saying about that? Right, because I'm not the voice of God for anybody, right? And the Bible talks about, you know, drinking wine. But I said, what's the Lord saying about this? I mean, well, you know, really haven't really consulted the Lord on it. You know, it's just something that we just have always done. I said, well, why don't you just ask the Lord what he says about this? Because what if, now hear me on this, what if he's wanting you to no longer drink the hard liquor, but instead go to his presence when you're feeling stressed instead of worrying about a bottle? Listen to me on this, guys. What I'm saying is that we will lay foundations for things just so we can more easily walk in the presence of God. Well, why don't you tithe? Because I need more money for, ele- for my electricity bill. What? You know what I mean? Like, like well, why, aren't you, why aren't you stewarding this better? Oh, well, because, you know, this happened. Why are you cutting corners at work? Oh, well, because of this. Justin has some awesome testimonies, and he'll share it with you, where he could have cut corners, and he chose not to. And then, like, within the next hours, the bosses, like, were like, hey, who did this? And it was, it was crazy. Like, he has some awesome testimonies of where he could have even laid a foundation of, well, I cut corners because I had a deadline, so I robbed my job. But he said, now I'm going to do this with integrity and honesty because it's my identity. And now he's in line for a promotion. It's the little things, guys. And in your identity, you will not allow the enemy to rob you of anything, no matter how big or how small it may be. And you will not lay your own foundation. Guys, we need our foundation to be Jesus, right? We need our foundation to be his word and his word alone. That's why it's so important for us to get into the Bible and and allow the Holy Spirit to formulate the word of God in our lives. We need to be birthing that. So here, I'm going I'm to close it out. When the rains come and the floods come and the winds beat against that house that only hears, but that only hear, but does not obey, it will collapse with a mighty crash. 
Jesus, he prophesies it. Jesus speaks it out and he says, the foolish ones who, who only hear but do not do, there will be a mighty crash. This is, this is the thing that Jesus says, when, right, when, just like, just like fasting, when you fast. There's going to be a time, and we can all raise our hands, where the waves and the floodwaters completely destroyed us. And a lot of times, we can probably say somewhere along the lines, we were out of alignment of our identity or our yes to Jesus. Now, on the other end, just follow me for a second. There may be some things that happen in your life that are just there just to expose your faith. Right? Remember Job? God said, have you considered my servant Job? Job didn't do anything wrong. So I don't want you to just think just because stuff's going haywire in your life, you've come out of agreement. I just want to say that as well. Sometimes you can be obedient to the T, and attacks are still going to happen. That's what the, when the rains come, when the waves come. So I want to prophesy into your identity that if there are things where you have just been hearing God but not doing, that you would say, Jesus, what I'm longing for is you to help my heart to do what you're telling me to do. I don't want to just be a hearer. I want to also do. Amen? Doers will change the world. Jesus was a doer. The apostles were doers. They were doers. Like, like this is what God is calling the body into. Not just being ones that are just talking about it and hearing about it. But God is wanting to equip us to be doers of the word of God. And in being doers, no matter what comes our way, when we hear and we do what we hear, we won't crash. We'll be upright. We'll be standing firm. Amen? Um, thank you guys for listening to me. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> hey, let me get uh, Jay and Jacob up here. We're going to pray for them and just bless them real quick. Uh, I, 